So I asked my private Facebook group about the topic of podcast monetization and asked them what was the number one hurdle they were struggling with right now. And 100% of the answers came back around this one particular idea. And when I saw the answer, I was so excited because I'm like, this is the easiest thing in the world to overcome. So today I'm going to open the kimono a bit and share a little bit about how to monetize a podcast when you feel like you're not getting enough downloads to monetize yet. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway that is the question and this is the answer welcome to podcast monetization secrets Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and thank you so much for joining me today. I know your time is precious and my time is precious, and I want to make the most of our time together. Just quickly, in case you haven't met me yet, my company is Team Podcast. We're a full-service podcast production company with a focus and a drive for monetizing as many podcasts as possible. We're tired of podcasters getting the last teat. We're tired of sponsors not paying podcasters what they're worth. And so this is the way I can rage against the machine and do something about it. So uh, if you're wondering what makes me eligible to do this, well, I've earned more than a million dollars from my podcast. And I've also been able to have a full-time career in podcasting, helping other podcasters for the last eight years. And I've helped over 250 podcasts. And I'll tell you, the monetization part of this is what's so exciting because because that is whenever I can really make a difference in someone's life. And I know the difference that podcasting has made in my life and how it's made so many of the dreams that were just so far off and that seemed so unattainable, like they have actually become my reality. And I want that for you because I know you started your podcast even if you didn't start with the goal of monetizing, you started it with a little hope, maybe there was a little spark in the back of your mind that what if this thing really takes off and I could really make some amazing money from it? And then could I quit my job? Could I not have to see clients one-on-one -on -one anymore? Could I not have to do all these things that I'm doing right now that take away from my life and my lifestyle and the freedom that I want to have both financially and with your lifestyle and your time to do what you want to do with your life? And I think we're at a perfect place right now because we've just come out of the pandemic and so many people's lives have been changed, but you've also seen potentially what it's like to sort of have a little more time freedom than you've ever had before. Whenever you aren't commuting to work every day, you're not having to drive your kids to six different activities five nights of the week, and you actually have more home time, you begin to see that you can plan your time and you can create 
a life that you are really going to love. Now, I'm going to tell you some things today that um, I don't know. I don't normally talk a lot about my stuff um, just because, you know, I'm, I'm not really one to, you know, be like a typical marketer or influencer or whatever and be like, I earned $482,000 last weekend whenever I launched my funnel. Now, don't get me wrong. If I did make $482,000 launching my funnel last week, I would probably tell you how I did it so that you could do it too. Um, But I haven't done that yet. Um, I came into this marketing thing about three years ago whenever I decided um, I had a, a gut punch moment with a client where the client didn't punch me. No, it wasn't that. But whenever she, after four years and rebranding her podcast four times, she'd finally gotten the amount of downloads she thought she wanted. She was getting more than 10,000 downloads a month and she couldn't even have fathomed that like four years earlier than that. And she was doing all the things right and she was finding her tribe and she was putting them in a Facebook group and she was doing all the things. And she finally came to me and said, Christy, I'm going to stop podcasting. And I'm like, why in the world would you stop whenever you're just now hitting your stride? And she said, well, I'm still not making any money from it. And it in that moment, it was like she hit me in the face with a two by four. And I realized that in all this time, she had been working with me as a producer and we were doing all of her production on her show. And she was my lowest paying client. And so I wasn't, you know, obviously, you know, treating her like the most highly prized client ever, like she was my lowest paying client. And yet I realized in that moment that I had made more money on her podcast than she had. And then I started looking around and I realized that that is the way it is in podcasting. We have all these companies, whether it's hosting companies, networks, uh, companies that get interviews for you, companies that do what I do, podcast production, like we're all making money on your podcast and you're paying for it, but you're not getting anything on the back end because all of the gurus out there tell you, don't start a podcast for the money. Podcasting is for the long game. Start a podcast now. Just put out the content, put out free content, build your audience first before you have an ask. And I'm just going to tell you, I try to keep this podcast clean, but I, and I don't swear a lot on here, but that is BS. That is complete BS. And the people are telling you that because they don't know how to monetize a podcast. And people are telling you that because it took them three years to figure out and get an audience to grow that they could finally monetize. People can monetize a podcast much quicker than you think. So when I asked my Facebook group the other day, what is the number one thing standing in the way of you monetizing your podcast? And uh, the answers came back as, um, well, I only get 1100 downloads a month. Someone said, not enough downloads. Somebody else said, not enough promotion, dot, 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 yet. So all of these things are telling me that people think there's a number, a threshold number of downloads that you need to get before you can actually monetize your podcast. And if you believe that, and if you buy into it, and if you allow that to be your belief system, then yes, it will take you that long. And yes, it will take you three years to monetize and you'll spend that time growing your audience and you'll probably never make enough money from your podcast to recoup all the value and time and effort and money you've put into your podcast. So I ask a follow-up question 
question late last night to the, the audience and said, so how many downloads do you think you need before you can monetize? And I haven't gotten the answers back from those yet. So I'm sure people will come back and give me some answers. But it prompted me to want to do this podcast for you because I want to show you what I'm doing with my podcast, this one right here that you're listening to. And I make a cu- several thousand dollars a month minimum from this podcast, just this podcast, every single month. And this podcast has never once gotten more than 500 downloads in a month. So how is it that I can take a podcast that has 500 or less downloads? Sometimes it's 350 downloads in a month, sometimes it's 450, never more than 500 at this point. And how can I get make thousands of dollars each month from my podcast? Um, First of all, I'm going to tell you, I'm the poster child for not maximizing the ways to promote my podcast. So because I'm not focused on downloads, I don't really care how many downloads come in. I'm more focused on growing my email list. And so um, one of the ways I do that is as I ask people that come into the Facebook group to give me their email so I can send them a free download. Um, I do other things to get people on my email list. But that's what I'm focused on. Because downloads mean nothing. I mean, people can download your show. And honestly, they can download it to their device and delete it off their device and never even listen to it. And you still get a download in the download column. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a true measure of who's listening. But what happens is every time I put out a podcast, I get feedback from people. They're emailing me. They're reaching out on Facebook or they're commenting in Facebook groups or whatever, whenever I, I answer questions or whatever in there. And they're giving me feedback that, oh, my gosh, Christy, your podcast is speaking directly to me. So I know I'm putting out good content, so I don't care how many downloads I get every month. All that matters is that I get the people that want my help listening to the podcast, right? If you are a podcaster looking to monetize, I can help you with that. And I'm going to put out content that's going to get you to consume my content. Because this is something that like podcasters struggle with, you know, you're not marketers, you're not copywriters, you're not ad people, you know, normally you're not. And so you come to this in the most value based way, good hearted intentions, and then you end up getting stomped on time after time after time. I don't want my business to be that way. Like I don't now at this point, I don't start podcasts that are not looking to monetize. And the reason is because I feel in a lot of ways like it's a little bit exploitive for me to take your money as long as you're willing to pay it with with you having some hope or dream of turning whatever hobby podcast or whatever podcast you have into something. And if you're not willing to do the work to monetize, then I don't want to be I don't want to take your money because it's not going to help you in the long run. And you're just going to be left three months from now, thousands of dollars later, and you're going to be left with dashed hopes and you're going to hate the podcast that you started. You're going to walk away from it because it didn't do anything, but took up all your time. And when you finally get a break from it, you feel relief. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anybody. Right. So what I'm going to show you today is, first of all, I want to dispel the before I get into my four step framework, I want to dispel the number one myth of podcast monetization. And that is that podcast monetization is all about sponsorships. 
And I will tell you right now that if that's the way you're trying to monetize your podcast, it is probably going to take you a very, very long time to build up enough downloads to have enough of an audience and enough of a platform for a sponsor from, you know, HelloFresh or Native Deodorant or whatever the other big ones are that that sponsor podcasts to be interested in your platform. They're paying by the thousands. They're paying you like $25 or $30 per thousand downloads that you have within 30 days of launching a show, releasing a show. And most of you look at that. And if you got 500 downloads in the first 30 days after releasing a show, you would probably be in the top percentage of of stats for podcasters because it ta- like if I if every one of my shows got 500 downloads in the first 30 days after I released a show, I would have over 2000 downloads basically in a month. Right. But my show doesn't get that. It gets 500 or less. I don't care, though, because I'm not worried about downloads. Downloads mean nothing. Downloads are not dollars. Downloads are not customers. Downloads are not, you know, sometimes not even raving fans. They're just people that are experimenting. Right. They're they're shopping for podcast content. What I'm most interested in is email addresses. Now, I will tell you, I had a client the other day who's been podcasting for five years now and has not yet monetized the show, um, wanted to specifically talk to me about podcast sponsorship. And when I look at podcast sponsorship and I look at the numbers and they're getting maybe 10,000 downloads a month, but that's across their whole back catalog with five years worth of episodes, right? So if we look at just those downloads within the first 30 days of 30 to 45 days of releasing a show, she's looking more like 2000 downloads in a month. So for her to monetize those 2000 downloads that she's getting a month, even if an advertiser was interested in her, they're only going to give her about $60 per ad for a month. That means getting in front of her audience four times on every single podcast that she puts out, $60. That is not worth the time it's going to take her to, number one, negotiate the deal, put the contracts into place, find out what the talking points are, do the ad reads, mess up, do the ad reads again, and then get those edited and then begin putting them into her show. Like it's going to cost her more than $60 an hour I mean, $60 uh, for, for an ad in order to put that show out with an ad on it. So why would you do that? Like that doesn't cash flow. So I stopped her and I'm like, don't do this. Don't devalue yourself like this. Instead, create something for your people. Create something. You've got people that have been listening to you and your audience has been growing over the last five years. So why aren't you creating something where you can gather that group of people together And then ask them what they need and then give it to them. Like that is the easiest path to monetization for you and the most lucrative. Because even if you created a couple of programs and only had a very small number of your huge audience taking advantage of them, you would still make more than $60 a month. So I stopped and I said, I'm not advocating at all that you go down the route of sponsorship. You need to do something else. So let's put together a program that you can commit to that you will provide for your audience. Podcast sponsorship is something that I feel like we as podcasters have allowed 
sponsors to exploit us. We have allowed sponsors to exploit our platforms. And as long as we do that, then we will continue to pay the price. And I'm just not willing to put somebody at risk for doing that. Like you would be better off not monetizing than going into a cash flow negative situation with a podcast sponsor. Okay. And so what you have to look at is sponsors are not, they don't care. They, they understand that your audience is targeted, but they don't care that your niche might not be hundreds of thousands or, or millions of people. They only want to get in front of the shows where they can place one ad and get 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 impressions a month and just pay for that and be good to go. So they don't really care about getting in front of small micro audiences of 2000 people or less in a, in a month. So before I tell you and before I start with my four-step framework, which I've got that I use to provide um, content for you guys and create things, and then um, how I monetize with just less than 500 downloads every single month, how I make um, a minimum of a, a, the least amount I've made so far is like $2,000 in a month. And so I want to show you that, but I wanted to, to give you one uh, little uh, sponsor ad spot from myself. I do a podcast tune-up. It's like a podcast audit. And the whole focus of it is to get your podcast optimized from a feed perspective, from a discoverability perspective, just from all the things that you could be doing to number one, help more people find you so that they can listen and find your content. And then hopefully get you to the point where you're getting more email opt ins from your podcast, because that's the whole idea, right? You want to get people on your email list. So now you can communicate with them directly. And then the third thing I want is to be able to help forge a path to monetization for you. And that's what is going to make the biggest difference. And there's there's a lot of things that have to happen many times. There's even a, something that has to shift inside your head where you're okay with monetization. And I'm going to cover some of that stuff in our next episode. But really, there's no way that you can know all this stuff if you're just a you know podcaster that's been struggling along for a few months or even a year, and you haven't figured out how to monetize yet, and you really don't even know what you're getting from your podcast. Maybe you're thinking, do I need to rebrand? Do I need to stop? Do I need to do whatever? Let's get you in for a podcast tune up and let's get look under the hood. Let's get everything out in the open and then we'll sit down and we'll have a conversation as far as what your next steps are. And you can go and check that out. The 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 place you can find it is team podcast and that's T-E-A-M podcast dot com. Just forward slash the word tune up T-U-N-E-U-P. No spaces, no dashes, no nothing. So it's just team podcast podcast.com forward slash tune up. And I'm looking for people that really want to take action. I am so freaking on fire for getting monetization in place for more people because, man, my thing now is I want impact and I want sustainable businesses being built out of podcasts. And that's what I think we can do. And I'm on the path to teach as many people how to do that as possible. So if you need help and you just need someone to look at what you're doing, tweak a few things, get you some more uh, visibility out there in the podcast apps, help you draw more people in and capture more of the traffic that's already out there that you're just missing right now. And then at the same time, go ahead and help you get on the path to monetization. Go to teampodcast.com forward slash tune up. 
Now, I have a four-step framework that I use whenever I created this podcast, and it's basically how I get to a point where I can make a a minimum of $2,000 a month from this podcast. So the first thing I do is I work really hard to provide great content. And you might say sometimes, Christy, you know, sometimes your shows don't appeal to me, or sometimes your show, I've already got handled what you are thinking, what you're talking about, so I don't even think I need your show. And that's fine. But for a lot of people who are in what I would call my target audience, where they really want to focus on monetization, and they not only want to focus on monetization, they want to potentially have multiple streams of income, like I want to provide content that will help get them there. So the first thing is, obviously, no matter what type of show you have, provide great content. Don't be lazy about it. Don't be lazy and float through your interviews with the same uh, questions that you ask every single person. Like, get creative and provide great content. If you're doing a show, you've got to play to your audience. And that's just simply the way it is. So the second step in my framework is I teach I don't interview. You might be saying, well, Christy, my podcast is an interview podcast. What do I need to do? Well, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can either add, you know, where you take over a couple of episodes a month instead of doing interviews, you begin teaching. Because here's the thing. If people are going to pay you for something, they've got to know you have a solution for what their problem is. And if you're just bringing on people, and many times this is what I hear in a podcast. When I go to do a podcast audit, I hear you know, the music play and welcome to such and such podcast where we do this and we do that and we do the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And then the host comes on and they're like, I have a great interview for you today. So-and-so is the president of this and that and the other thing. And then they go on and do an intro for their guest. They bring on the guest. And as soon as the interview is over, they go right to the outro that has music on it. And there's no space at all within your interview and your framework that you have for creating podcasts for you to actually do any teaching. And so what I'm saying is make room on the front and back of it. Think about it like this. If you went to an event and there was going to be a guest speaker there, what would happen if you walked into that room and you just like you walked in and you sat down, and you're like, OK, I'm here for the thing. And that guest speaker just got up on stage and started talking you would kind of be like, I don't really, okay, this feels a little bit weird. It feels a little bit abrupt. And I don't really know this person. Is there a bio in the program? Is there a program somewhere? Like, is there someone telling me um, why this why this person is speaking about this and what the relevance to me is? What generally happens is you don't put a guest on stage before you warm up the audience as a host. You get, the, you lay the groundwork and you pump them up and you get the audience ready to just eat out of the palm of their hand because you do such a good job of hyping them, right? And so in my mind, the spaces you need to create on each side of your interview is you taking the time to be the facilitator of knowledge for your audience. So point out to them what they're going to learn and why you felt it was important, because this goes along with some of the same things that you teach, 
right? And you, most of the time you record these intros and any kind of outros like this separately. Do it right after your interview where you still have that runner's high from the great content you just created and you're excited about it and you're babbling to everyone that'll listen to you about what a great interview it was and what an amazing person you just interviewed and all this kind of stuff. Just use the last 15 minutes or 20 minutes of the time you set aside for an interview and create a podcast intro and outro and go ahead and highlight for the audience what they're going to be hearing and why it's important and what you want them to learn from it because you're the facilitator. Remember, you're the facilitator. And then after the interview, you need to make some space where you can sort of debrief with your audience and you can sort of ruminate on some of the finer points that the guest had. But also during those times when you're sort of pushing back the interview and not getting right into it, you create space where you get a chance to teach. You create space where you can do some micro lessons and you can do some analysis of the information that's getting ready to to be taught on the, the podcast. And then also I would say in an interview, definitely take a mid roll time, take the middle of that, that interview and create some space to do an ad for whatever you're doing. The other way, so if you don't create space within your podcast episodes for yourself, then you're going to give your platform over to your audience and your audience is going to get tons of business. I mean, your guest is going to get tons of business from your audience and you're not. And I have podcasters right now that are struggling with this. And boy, podcast guests that they've had on, they want to come back for the second and third time because every single time, boom, their leads just start coming in and they make a ton of money. And the podcaster's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why are my people responding to them, but they haven't responded to me? And it's honestly because you aren't teaching. Even within the interview, hold your own as a peer or as an equal expert to your guest. Don't sit there and fangirl your guest or fanboy your guest and just hang on their every word and let them say whatever. Challenge them on some things. Bring up some things that you've been dealing with your clients about and and show how you've been handling it and ask them what, what they would do. You know, show that you are an equal in that situation and don't just fangirl and let them have the whole platform to themselves and walk away with all the business from that episode. So the second step of the framework, the first step is provide great content. The second step is teach, don't interview. And you can do that by adding in more solo shows where you teach your frameworks or where you can, within your interview shows, make space on the front, middle and back end for you and for you to establish some credibility and authority with your audience. Do I think interviews are bad? Well, no, and interviews in themselves are not bad, but they just don't accomplish the purpose if you're trying to monetize your own show with your own content and that sort of thing in your own programs. I feel like interviews have a huge amount of value. In fact, I'm working on and have been uh, getting distracted from, but I'm, I'm working on a um, podcast monetization summit. And during that summit, I'm going to do 25 or 30 interviews with people who are just like you that are podcasters who have monetized their podcasts in different ways. And so you can have, by the time it's done, you can have like a tool belt 
of like 25 or 30 different ways that you could monetize your podcast and you could have borrowed their frameworks that they're using to monetize their shows and try to apply it to yours as well. So I feel like interviews have their place, but so often as podcasters, we rely on interviews for the content and we don't bring our own to the show. And so if you're not bringing your own content and you're not teaching from your show, people are not going to be willing to buy your programs because they need to see you teach. Now, the third step of the framework, I make offers in my podcast. Okay, I've already made one in this. I, I My offer in this podcast is the podcast tune up, right? And so I have people every single month that go and do that. And then they they sit down and meet with me on the back end and we discuss their strategy and we take the time to go through everything. And they're like so excited because now they at least know what their next steps are. Because many times people can listen to this or go somewhere to a conference or do whatever and they get really excited, but then they get home and they're like, well, where do I start? What do I do? Well, now they have a path. So you have to make offers in your podcast. And you know what? The key is I just tell you what about the results and what I can do for you. I don't tell you about all the details and what all's involved in a podcast audit or tune up or whatever. I just give you enough information so that you can then, if you want to make the choice to look at it and you're interested in it, you can go to that web page that I, the link that I mentioned, and there is my sales funnel. And that brings me to step four is I let my sales funnel do all the work. I'm not trying to pitch you. I'm not trying to overcome objections, I'm not trying to hem and haw about the price of my work or anything like that. I'm just telling you the results I can get you and what my goal is with doing this service. And so number three and number four go hand in hand. Make offers in your podcast and let your sales funnel do all the work. And here's the thing. You cannot be subtle with this stuff. And don't get me wrong. I understand having sales hesitance. I understand being shy about promoting yourself. I understand all of these things. I myself am an introvert as well. So you can't tell me um anything about this and all the reasons for hesitancy that I don't already know. I get in my head more than anyone and I am my own biggest saboteur. And I guarantee you that you probably are as well, right? Because we begin to get that thing called fear that some people like to label as imposter syndrome, and we're not going to buy into imposter syndrome. There's, it's a fake syndrome. It doesn't exist. Just say you're scared, Say you're afraid. And what are you afraid of? Fear really should only come if there is a clear and present danger to you. And do you know what? There is no danger to me. Like no one is going to strike me dead right here on this podcast because I made an offer. So my fear is completely irrational and your fear is irrational too. And you might say to me, but Christy, I'm afraid if I make an offer to my podcast listeners that they will quit listening to my podcast. You know what? If they quit listening to your podcast before they make you make an offer or because you make an offer, they're not going to be a customer anyway. So it's okay if they leave. All they're going to do is be a tire kicker and a distraction and suck up your time and emotional energy and never fully value what you're doing. The other part is that I really want you to get a hold of as a podcaster 
is this fact that you need to be getting value back from your podcast in order for it to continue. So if I'm on a mission to help as many podcasters as possible monetize, but I'm sitting over here in my closet or in my little corner of my house, and I'm not telling the world about it, what is my impact going to be? People have to know what I can do and how I have to offer. And I have to be bolder than I'm comfortable being in order to put the word out there. You know, I'm also facing a situation where some of the biggest names in podcasting, number one, put out a bunch of BS that it takes years and just start your content and don't worry about monetizing yet. And you're wrong to try to monetize immediately. At the same time, I'm dealing with a place where it's largely male dominated and you've got a lot of of guys that are up there telling you the way to do it, mansplaining everything about podcasting to you. And I'm just this little middle-aged woman sitting here down on an island in Florida saying, no, don't listen. It's BS. You can monetize early and quickly when you have a podcast and you set it up the right way. You engineer it for success. You don't just create it and hope that sometime later some lightning bolt's going to hit you and you're going to suddenly realize, oh, now I can monetize this right? You're sitting back there waiting to get a magic number of downloads. What is that magic number? I mean, should I have waited? If if I'm getting a couple thousand dollars a month from my podcast with 500 listens, what should I have waited till I got 5,000 listens so I can make $10,000 from my podcast each month? No, I'd rather take what I can now because now I can impact more people. Because see, when people pay me for my time and pay me for my help, you know what that means? It means they value the work that I do and it gets them skin in the game so that they will then turn around and take action even if it's out of their comfort zone and even if it's uncomfortable action. Trust me, I know all about uncomfortable action. I have been diddling away at with excuses in my head for a lot of things that I have been wanting to do for the last two years now. And I have just got to pull the trigger and do it and put myself out there and stand up louder and speak stronger and bolder in the marketplace. Because if I don't, no one is going to know what I'm doing and no one is going to come to me for help if they don't know how I can help them. I'm here to change the face of podcasting. I'm here to make people shut up whenever they want to put out stupid uh, advice like, well, if you build it, they will come and things like just create your audience first. Don't worry about monetizing. No, that's not the way to do it at all. Unless you want to get stuck in free content creation mode and you want your podcast to suck up every last dime you have, to suck up every last little bit of energy, to suck up all your time, and you get to a point where you are just exhausted from it. The client I talked to the other day who was like, I finally have to monetize this. I have to go with these, you know, get sponsors and I'm willing to take $60 an episode if I can just at least get something back from it. Don't make me feel like I'm not a failure, not doing all this in vain. Like that client is beaten down by her podcast. I don't want that for you. I want you to love it. I want you to have such a passion for it because every time you put out an episode, you know you are helping somebody. And you know what? Sales is not something that you do to your audience. It is something that you do for your audience. 
If I'm truly going to help you, I need to sell you on taking the next step with me so I can show you more frameworks and so I can help you. I can use my team and all the talents and skills we have to do the things that you can't do on your own. Most of you don't have a sales funnel. Most of you have a terrible offer. Most of you don't know how to put together offers. And so if I know these things and I have people on my team that can help you do these things, why would I not stand up and say, hey, so-and-so, I can help you. Is it going to cost you? Absolutely. But you know what else will cost you? Doing nothing. So would you rather do nothing and get no results or do something and make a little bit of investment in yourself and do something and get a big result? There are so many ways that you can monetize a podcast and you can do it in a way that feels in alignment with your values and feels in alignment with the content that you're putting out and is not going to feel salesy because you are providing value. So don't want to preach to you too much on this, but my gosh, I just want to grab you and wake you up out of your sleeping, you know, contentment with just putting out content every single week, because you can do more than that with your podcast at any number of downloads. If I can make $2,000 a month from my podcast that gets less than 500 downloads, then the person in my podcast group that says they only get 1100 downloads, she should be making $4,000 a month. Right? Because if you set your podcast up the right way, you engineer it to get the result you want. And that's what I want to do with you. I want you to engineer your podcast to get the results you want. And if you don't get monetization, no matter how big of a value statement you make, you're not going to understand the impact that you're having on people's lives. Because I hate to say this, very few people make big, huge, monumental changes in their life based on free information. I'm, that, it's just simply the way it is. How many times, like look at your computer right now, how many free lead magnets have you downloaded? How many free audiobooks have you downloaded that are sitting there on your Kindle or in your Audible or whatever, and you have not taken advantage of them? What kind of free course have you been given that you never even bothered to go through. Why? Because it was free. It can't be that good if it was free, right? And at the same time, you didn't have any skin in the game. But I guarantee you, if you paid $1,000 for one of those things, that you would have at least gone through it and at least evaluated whether or not you could put it to use to make your $1,000 plus back. And you guys, when we're talking about monetization, everything that you put into it, Every investment that you make into monetization on your podcast, you're going to get back on the back end. You're going to keep pushing through and you're going to keep getting better at it. You're going to keep making it happen. I was just this past week at Funnel Hacking Live and it is an amazing time and we come off of it with an amazing renewed vigor for just everything that we want to do with, within our business. And so I'm sort of on fire right now as I'm talking to you, but one of the things that I think you don't realize is that most people that are really good at the marketing thing and really good at using their podcast as a traffic flow for all the other stuff they're doing, and it's all strategic, it's all choreographed, it's all intentional, it's all engineered to get the result. Like 
the scale of money that they are making, when I say I make $2,000 each month for my podcast, now let me be clear, I can't live on $2,000 each month. That doesn't even pay my mortgage, right? It's all just one more revenue stream in my business. And I don't need something like you, I don't need it to completely replace my income in order for it to be valuable to me. You might not need your podcast to produce $30,000 a month in order to change your life. You might only need it to produce $3,000 a month to change your life. You might only need it to replace a part-time income in your household before that can now free up your time or your spouse's time or anything like that. So understand that $2,000 a month is a drop in a bucket for the people that really know what they're doing, because those people are making $200,000 a month. And there are hundreds and thousands of them out there right now that are doing it every single day. And there's no reason that we as podcasters can't step up and say, I didn't set out to be a marketer or an internet marketer, but you know what? I've developed the largest traffic source to anything I could even imagine. And so I am going to turn it around and I am going to then use it for my business and to create value in the lives of the people I know I can help. Because most of you started with a passion to help people. Okay, let me just go over my four-step framework one time to recap it for you so that you'll have it so you can go make changes. Number one, I provide great content, or at least that's my goal. If you might say, Christy, great is subjective and you're not that great. All right, okay, I'll take the feedback. Give me any feedback you want. Number two, teach, don't interview. Either switch to where you're having solo shows where you teach your own stuff or make space within your interviews and do a darn good job of holding your own against your guest, right? You are equal to them and you need to put out there the content and the frameworks and that sort of thing that you're teaching as well. Number three, make offers in your podcast. And you know what? Make twice as many offers as you feel comfortable making. Because that's what we've got to do to succeed. Because you have to be overt and you have to be explicit about the action that you want people to take. And number four, let your sales funnel do all the work. Let it handle the objections. Let it deal with uh, the different types of uh, personalities that need information in order to make a decision and be all in. And those are the four steps I use to make at least a minimum of $2,000, some months it's more, with a podcast that only gets 500 downloads a month or less. So I'll leave you with that. And if you need further help, if you need further help going down this road to monetization, the best way to get my one-on-one attention is to sign up for a podcast tune-up. And it's simply teampodcast.com forward slash tune-up. Go there. And you can see what it's all about. You can see what I'll do. There's been so many people. I've been having a great time doing these because I love being able to help people. And when I get podcasters that are just like, oh, give me the feedback because I'm going to take action on every single thing you lay out, like that is my ideal client. So so go to teampodcast.com forward slash tune up and you can find out all about it there. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for joining us today. 
If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.